to Teaching Brute. We're continuing our chats with brand new international educators. And this week I have with me Audra. And Audra is coming from the States. She was teaching in the States. You may be able to guess where based on her accent. Um, And she is now in China, first time teaching overseas internationally. Welcome, Audra. Oh, hello. It is so nice to be here. I am from Memphis, Tennessee in the States. Uh, this is not only my first time international, this is my first time in Asia. Yeah. So it's been a big change. I mean, I don't know of any place where you can get barbecue around here. Uh, no, there actually is not. They call certain things Korean barbecue. They say this is barbecued chicken or barbecued beef. Um, they just mean it was on a grill. Yeah. It is yeah, not, not the same as... It is not barbecued on a grill. It's not real barbecue. Anyone from Tennessee knows that. There you go. So you might be missing the barbecue, um, but and you're also experiencing cold weather, uh, truly is, cold weather for the first time. I bought my first winter coat. I like it. It's very long. It goes all the way to my knees. It has a very large style hood on it. Mm-hmm. Um, back home, I did not need a winter coat. We had electric starts on our vehicles. We had heating in every public space. You go from one hot place to your hot vehicle into the next hot place. You did no outdoor activities where I was from (laughs) in the three weeks of cold weather that we had all year long, which is still only about zero Celsius. Yeah. That's cold weather where I'm from. Zero. You know, there are other places in the world where zero is still cold. I'm coming up from Hong Kong, and for them, they closed the schools when it hit 9 degrees centigrade. So when we saw it get down to 11 and then 10, we'd be like, come on, 9, come on, because none of the schools have heating in them. And so they figure that once it gets into single digits, it is too cold to learn, and they close the schools. I mean, coming from Canada, I thought that was absolutely hilarious, but... Hey, I appreciated it when we got those days off. We only have one snow day about every two years in Tennessee, and it's just a little dusting of snow on the ground. And then no one wants to run our school buses. No one wants to go outside. They're worried the kids will be too cold at the bus stop. Mm -hmm. So we usually shut school down for one or two days when we get our little light dusting of one quarter inch of snow. (laughs) Yes, and we call that our amazing snow day. But we usually only get that day in January, February, maybe. Mm-hmm. December, light jackets. Yeah. November, still shorts and t-shirts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, no cold weather where I'm from. So what made you decide to look into international teaching, much less actually do it? Like where, what originally gave you that idea? I know for me, I always thought that teaching internationally meant you went to Japan and you were teaching English lessons. I did not want to go and be at a language institute. I wanted to continue in actual like education and mm-hmm. teach a grade level and teach a subject area, a content area. Um, my husband and I actually started doing a lot of traveling with our kids when they were younger. We went around the Caribbean, Central America, the northern parts of South America. Then my husband and I started venturing to Europe. And the more we traveled, the more we realized there was so much more to the world outside of Tennessee. Mm -hmm. And as we started to get older, we realized that, you know, we would never get to enjoy all of these places just going on vacation. Right. So I looked at my husband, who's only 52, 
And I was like, you should travel around the world with me while I follow my dream of international teaching. And he thought I was crazy. He made a six-figure salary in the United States. It was very hard to walk away from that. And after about a year or two of thinking about it, mulling it over, he said, you know what? If you really want to, we're going to try it. He's like, let's do it now. He was like, we'll go. You'll get to keep teaching because I love teaching. And we'll get to travel even more. Mm -hmm. And so he retired at 52 and he followed me to Beijing. Wow. So, okay. In those two years, I mean, there's a lot of mulling around and stuff like that. It's one of those things where you don't just kind of pick up and say, yep, let's do this. It's one of those things you set it on the back burner. It's in the slow cooker. And it's, you know, going away. What kinds of things like research were you doing any research at that point or was it just kind of one of those like I'm just gonna let it sit I'm gonna let it be and if it happens it happens and if it doesn't it doesn't really it was more of a three to four year plan for Mm -hmm. us we had one of our four children was still in high school and we when we first brought up the idea she was like she thought it would be interesting she was like yeah let's do it I'll go with you guys and then she came back to us and she was like can you please wait She's like, let me finish school here. And when I'm going to college, she's like, I will be completely and totally supportive of you guys going, which is exactly when we left, when she Mm -hmm. started college. Um, She can't wait to come visit us here, by the way. Um, But we started looking closer to home in our hemisphere. We were going to at least try to stay timelines, you know, maybe the same, some distance, maybe Mm -hmm. Brazil, maybe just something as simple as Puerto Rico. Maybe a Spanish-speaking country. We're very familiar with um, quite a bit of Spanish. But then we started broadening the horizons a little bit. The more I got online, I looked at Abu Dhabi. I looked mm-hmm. at Dubai. And I told my husband that there was so much more that we should look at. So we spent a year or two looking at various locations, looking at the cost of living. He wasn't going to work. I was going to work. Would we be able to give up our very nice lifestyle that we had and maybe budget a little bit more? We actually ended up choosing China because I started teaching Chinese students online. Okay. The VIP kid. And the more I worked with those kids, the more I liked them. And I told my husband, I said, there's a lot of opportunities in China. This is true. A lot of opportunities in China. I said, and there's so many cities. We really thought we wanted Shanghai. But I got the better offer in Beijing. And it's interesting how that happens. I know that when I went overseas for the first time, um, my husband really wanted Dubai. So I kind of focused my search in the Middle East. I mean, I was I was really focused on Dubai because he really wanted to be in Dubai. And for me, I was just like, I'm going to go and teach. I'm, I wasn't really fussed about where the country was. I was just like, I just want to be able to teach and have that interesting lifestyle where you're getting to meet other cultures and experience different things and get out of my bubble and my comfort zone a little bit. And yeah, we were at a job fair and ultimately I did get an offer from Dubai, but it really wasn't a good offer in comparison to what else I had. And we had to sit down and really have a good think about that. One of my first offers came from a Central American country from Guatemala. And I got it at the same time as I got the one in China Actually, a little bit after. I was still thinking about, do I want to go to China? It's a big step. Mm -hmm. We've never been to Asia. We actually won't have enough time to go visit. If I take the job, we're going to have to take this move. It's like this huge leap of faith that it's all going to work out. 
And we kept looking at the schools. My husband's like, you know, we can do anything together. We're going to go through different things no matter where we go. He's like, really sit down, look at the schools, look at the curriculum, look at the reviews. Mm -hmm. Uh, We did a lot of uh, research on on the internet. Uh, The other school was in a more remote location. Travel to other places was going to be a little bit more difficult. And we had already traveled in Central America. Right. So we... So there's a little bit more adventure to be in Asia. There's more adventure to Asia. And it has definitely been an adventure. Yeah. You've already done a few trips since being here. We have done a couple. We have quite a few more planned. And (laughs) we have like a list of things that we want to do while we're here. And my husband's like, we're definitely going to have to spend more than one contract in Asia. He was like, there's no way to do all of Asia in a one contract situation. So, but we've really liked Asia. So we don't think that's going to be a hardship at all. And you know, once you get bitten by the bug, it's just kind of one of those things. I know I went overseas and when I left Canada, um, my union representative was like, don't quit. Just take a leave of absence. Just in case you don't like it, you want to be able to come back. Like, you can take a two-year leave of absence without issue. They won't penalize you for it. And I was like, well, I don't know. I'm so low on the totem pole anyway that I may as well just quit. And if it doesn't work out, I'll probably end up somewhere else in Canada getting rehired. And sure enough, by the time that two years rolled around, like I didn't have a, a single thought in my head about the possibility of moving back home. I have three years from when I left to go back to a school in the state of Tennessee and they'll reinstate me exactly where I was. Mm -hmm. There is kind of a teacher shortage in Tennessee. So I know that I could go back home and get a job easily. You know, I might not the specific grade level or the specific subject that Mm -hmm. I want, but I'm pretty adaptable. But I know that I can go back, but just being here like four or five months, like, no. I, (laughs) I would not go back, even with the... The struggles of starting in China, mm-hmm. I, I definitely wouldn't trade it. Not at all. And my husband loves it. So it has turned out to be the best place for us. I'm actually really surprised because everybody thought I would come right back home. Right. Yeah. And and there is that. I mean, I still have um, people at home that I went to high school with and graduated with going like, wow, you're so brave doing that. And I'm like, how is it? I just think what I'm doing is normal. I guess there is a little bit of crazy in us. <laughs> yeah, to, to, to go overseas to pack up everything, I think that was kind of the hardest part. We had a huge home. We'd lived in it for 20 years. We raised all four of our children to adulthood there. We had to get rid of like a lifetime worth of things. Mm-hmm. So part of our prep for coming overseas was giving up that large family home, moving to a much smaller apartment for a year before we went overseas. Oh, wow. So we gave up probably two-thirds of our possessions and moved into a much smaller home a year in advance preparation for coming overseas. And we still had a lot of things in our apartment that we spent the last three or four months before we left getting getting rid rid of. of. Now, our children took a lot of our family items. They took a lot of our furniture because they're adults and they have their own homes. Mm -hmm. And it was really nice to get mom and dad's nice things. Well, and yeah, it's one of those things when you're in your 20s and you're starting out, it's like, hey, can I go shopping in your living room? (laughs) We actually moved from our big family home and we bought all new furniture for our smaller apartment because it was much smaller. Well, when we got ready to leave, our youngest son, who was just moving into a new apartment, he was like, mom, 
what are you going to do with all your furniture? And I'm like, you can have it to remember me by while I'm in China. So he got a apartment full of brand new furniture, which he really loves. But I have to say that's probably the hardest part. Even though my children are adults, I miss them a lot. I talk to them a lot. Uh, Video chatting is huge and I never video chatted back home. No, I didn't either. Well, mind you, video chatting didn't really exist when I lived back home. Um, the smartphone was just coming out when I left. Oh no. The biggest thing that we have with the video chatting, the WeChat, Mm -hmm. which I had never heard of until I got to China. Um, very convenient. My parents use it in the States. All of our kids use it in the States. Um, they actually use it to talk to each other a little bit now because we have our little groups in WeChat. Um, They, my mom worries because she mildly buys into every bad thing she Mm -hmm. sees on TV. So I told my mom, I was like, don't fall for the CNN effect, mom. Yes. (laughs) That's been hard to explain to people. Mm -hmm. Just wait till you talk to me. You know, if it's something that we can talk about in social media, because WeChat is social media. If it's something that we can talk about, we'll definitely talk to you about if it's really a non-issue for us and it's a kind of a taboo topic, we're like, you know, don't worry about it. It's fine. Everything is fine. So far, everything has been fine here. It hasn't really been that big of a deal. Is there is anything? Is Not at all. Is that bad? Not at all. You're having a great experience. It is. It's been pretty awesome. Yeah. And that's what it should be. I mean... Your first year of international teaching is like your first year of teaching. It's going to be exhausting. It's going to be exhilarating. It's going to be fabulous. It's going to be terrible all at the same time. But my highs are really high yep. and my lows are really low. Like if I have a really bad week, it's like a week long bad week. Mm-hmm. Not like I want to run home bad week, but just kind of like, oh, why isn't anything going right? Why is everything so hard? But then my good weeks are like, yes. I love this. This is amazing. Where are we going on our next vacation? And you won't believe what my kids did. And, oh, this is the most interesting thing ever. And um, it just surprises me how highs are really high mm. and lows feel really low. It, you know, it will kind of even out. I'm ready. I'm ready for the even. I'm ready <laughs> yeah. for the middle. Yeah, it, it will even out. It, it'll get to be one of those things where it's all old hat. And then it will kind of change again when you change schools. Mm. Your highs will get a little bit higher. Your lows will get a little bit lower temporarily. Not as much as it is now because this is your first year. This is my very first international living. I have never lived outside of the U.S. I have traveled outside of the U.S. This is the very first time that I have taken my passport, put that long-term visa in it, and just gone for it. Yeah. Like the very first time. You know, it'll be... One of the things to look forward to, maybe it's a bucket list item, is when you have to go and get a new passport, not because it's expiring, but because you got no pages left. Back home, so few people have passports. And I encourage anyone in the United States, get a passport. I don't know why it is such um, a strange thing to have a passport. Get a passport. Go to other countries. It is such an amazing experience. But we have the regular size passport. And now that we have all of these international trips, because when you're in Asia, it's it's a three-hour flight to Vietnam or four-hour flight to Vietnam, a five-hour flight to Malaysia. It's, you know, three hours to Hong Kong. You can go to all these places and you're going to get a new visa. And it's going to say you're a tourist and you're going to get all these stamps. 
we think we're going to run out of pages in about two years. We might not make it the full two years. It depends on how many of those little visa stickers take a whole page. So there's not quite as many that take a full page. There are a few countries that, yeah, I kind of find they're a little bit greedy, taking up an entire page. An entire page. page. You're like, guys, come on. I could have got five stamps on that page. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. There are a couple of countries now that are not doing full page visas. They're still doing stickers, but they're much smaller. Ah, that's what I So you could actually put two stickers on a page. Well, I'm hoping for some small stickers for those that have to have stickers. But it's exciting to get stickers in my passport. I think Vietnam is one of the ones that gets They are. They are. That's our first trip in December. We're really excited. We're going to spend Christmas on a beach in Vietnam, which sounds amazing. It will be amazing. I mean, you're you're living a dream. I am. That's our phrase. We're living the dream. Um, Is there anything... That you, you, you said you got rid of a lot of stuff. So is there anything that you wished you had brought with you? Or the inverse, is there anything that you brought with you because you thought it'd be so useful and it turns out that it's not? The hardest thing for me has been winter clothes. Mm-hmm. I did not own a large assortment of winter clothes and also uh, work clothes. Yeah. Uh, khakis, dockers, yeah. ladies, slacks, because I'm much taller than the average lady here in China. Mm-hmm. When I order things, even when they come in and they fit, they're a few inches too short. So so it's like wearing 70 it is, <laughs> is, and which is going to be great in the warmer weather, like earlier in the fall mm-hmm. or when we get to spring. But right now I'm a little bit concerned because my clothes are not exactly right. And I did not own as many sweaters. I didn't have cold weather, so I needed more clothes like that. I have summer clothes, an unbelievable amount of summer clothes that is completely unnecessary. I also have lots of summer shoes, completely unnecessary. But winter boots, I was so worried about taking up space in my luggage that I got rid of all of my winter boots. I also have a rather large foot for the (laughs) average lady in China. I wear 39 which is about four sizes bigger mm-hmm. than your average lady here in China. They wear a 33 yeah. and a 34. Oh, I know. I am loving it because, you see, I wear a 35 or 36 for the first time in my life. Well, technically second because I was in Hong Kong. But, you know, it's it's one of those, like, I can just walk into the shoe store and pick any pair. Fun. Opposite <laughs> effect for me. It's been really hard for my husband because um, he's quite tall. He's about mm-hmm. 6'2", and he... Uh, is much. Uh, he's just a broad-shouldered American. Yeah. I don't know that that's you know necessarily a bad thing, but a lot of things don't fit him here, and he wears a size forty-eight shoe. Yeah. Which is extremely large here. So when we do find a size forty-eight, we purchase it. Um, shampoo and conditioner. Mm. But I think that's just me. My husband doesn't seem to be bothered by his choices here in China. I want. A certain leave-in conditioner that only cost three to four dollars US. But when I look for it here, it has to come from Hong Kong and it is probably around 450 RMB. Like a hundred dollars US. Look, you think you're you think you're alone, but you're not because I get my sister <coughs> to I get my sister to ship things in. And it, it and shampoo and conditioner is one of those things because 
my hair for whatever reason wants to be the most ultra sensitive part of me and it does not like your generic store-bought shampoos yeah. and I'm trying to trying to be a little bit healthier so I'm trying to get the shampoo that's not got those ingredients in it that you're not supposed to use anymore is it the sulfites or the parabens or both I think I think it's all of it but like I had switched to different uh, shampoos and conditioners at home. It's like the one thing that I'm, I miss. Mm-hmm. We also have a fellow teacher at school who is going home for a family uh, member's wedding in like two weeks. Oh, are I'm they like, going to bring? They're going to bring me back my leave-in conditioner. So, yeah, so you'll, there's going to be, you're going to learn about this international network of teacher shipping, yes. which is kind of like, who do I know that's, it's my Facebook feed gets full of it. It's like, who do I know that's traveling from this place to this place sometime in the next two months and might be able to pick up or deliver, you know, well, it happens. He is, and, and being a gentleman, he actually brings back a lot less stuff, which totally is beneficial because I think when we ladies go home, we stock up on all those things that we want and bring back. So with him being uh, one of the fellas, I think he has a little bit more room. So can you get me two bottles and can you get me one package of this medicine and one package of this medicine? Because I prefer my cold medicine from home. Uh, I can't really think of many things that I brought that I that I don't use. What advice? If so, if there was somebody who was kind of fence sitting right now, going, I don't know if I should go overseas or not. What would you say to them? I you have to you have to give it a chance. You have to try it at least once. The decision we made to come overseas, we kind of prepared a little bit longer than the average couple because we weren't coming, you know, with both of us working. It was just me. So we set aside a little nest egg and we said, we're going to take a shot. If it doesn't work out, we're going to come back. Mm -hmm. And I think that you have to try it and don't give up right away. Right. Because the first three or four weeks, no matter how prepared you are, no matter how much research you've done, the first three or four weeks are so incredibly overwhelming that I think everybody just wants to grab their bags and go back home. Hey, even somebody who's been around this block, and I've done several international schools now, it's the same thing. Those first few weeks in a new school, you've got your honeymoon period, but you've also got the, hold on, what have I done here? Where's my passport? I need to book a flight. <laughs> yes. We actually decided that once we got here, we were going to stay for a full year before we went home. Mm. So we're not actually taking a trip home to Tennessee or to the U.S. until June. Which can be very smart because, you know, you go, you do go through a period of homesickness and we have it a can granddaughter. be really exacerbated if you go home in the middle of it. <laughs> Which a lot of people thought we were crazy. We do have one granddaughter. She's beautiful. She's amazing. She's our oldest son. His, his only child. Um, my other children have not had any children yet, but when we left, it was really sad because we were like, we're going to miss these first few years mm-hmm. of her growing up. But my husband and I are like, if we always make an excuse, well, we'll wait till after this. We'll wait till I've stop making that excuse. Mm-hmm. My husband at 52 is in excellent health. But when we go to the great wall or we go to the forbidden city, which is a, tremendously large place and you walk for three or four hours on these old cobblestones and up the mountain and try to do all these adventurous things if we were a lot older i'm not sure we would get the enjoyment out of it that we're getting right now yeah don't say i'll do it in five years i'll do it in 10 years 
Because once you get there to do it, you're just going to be looking at it. You won't be doing. Yeah, a it'll lot. be one of those things of like, well, I would climb the Great Wall, but I've just had my hip replaced, so I can't really do that anymore. Or my knees have been blown out too many times. I don't want to risk it. Yeah, yeah, the longer you put it off, the harder it is physically to do it. Mm-hmm. So we're like really glad that we went on and made the decision. And I think we probably waited five or six years longer than we probably should have. We were just trying to get our kids to a certain point, not necessarily us. Fair enough. So. And you know what? If you're traveling with kids or like if you're moving with kids, that adds a whole other layer. Well, thank you so much for joining me. I really am glad to hear that things are going well for you. And I'm looking forward to checking in with you in a couple months to see how Vietnam was and what other trips you have planned. Thailand. Oh, yes. Yes. Hopefully Hong Kong for my birthday because we're out for my birthday. What a great birthday present. No. What a great birthday present. All right. Thanks so much. You're welcome. Have a great week, everybody. Bye.